With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. In honor of the big game this weekend, the unofficial beer of the entire state of Iowa, Bush Beer, is officially sponsoring today's podcast. They wanted me to talk about a few things, but I'm just going to say Bush for as long as possible. Bush. Instant Reaction Podcast following Iowa's 18-17 to victory against Iowa State in Ames in a day that would never end. A game that began at 3 o'clock, didn't finish until 9 o'clock, nearly three hours worth of weather delays over the span of two weather delays, a shortened halftime and all that good jazz that we all just watched and witnessed. And holy cow, Iowa somehow got out of its own way at the end uh, a very questionable call on third down and long when I was really just trying to chew up as much clock as they can. Iowa stayed out of timeouts. About a minute 45 left to go in the game. Iowa should have just tried to run the ball up the middle. They did not. They went play action on a pass completed to a tight end that gained four needless yards and the tight end was tackled out of bounds, stopping the clock. Iowa then gets back-to-back five-yard penalties. And Iowa State's going to get the ball back with about a minute 35 left. No timeouts, but all they need is a field goal. And that was very, very bad. A very bad play call, very bad decision. But on the ensuing punt, Iowa State's gunner runs in to the punt returner. It's a muffed punt. Devontae Young covers the ball for Iowa. And that is how Iowa <laughs> wins the game. 18 to 17. What a weird game. You, you have the weather delays, which just throws everything out the window. I mean, Iowa comes out, marches down the field, a significant drive in their first possession uh, of the game. It was 15 plays, 68 yards. They had to settle for a field goal. They'd gotten down to the, uh, I think, Iowa State seven-yard line, had to kick a field goal. Um, Then Iowa State, with their first drive, five plays, 86-yard touchdown, uh, which was, you know, a a long uh, double wide receiver pass. I guess some are calling it a flea flicker. I don't know. The quarterback threw it to the wide receiver behind the line of scrimmage and the wide receiver threw it to another receiver and then you get a delay um, shortly thereafter and well actually the delay was I think maybe even before that but at any rate coaches get a chance to look at some film feel things out you come back out another delay um iowa state what was what was the lead at halftime was it seven to six or something like that i I don't recall exactly let me see if i can find the box score here yeah it was seven to six at halftime just a weird weird game a weird game to play in a weird game for the fans a weird game for those of us watching at home Every, you can have plans. 
You can have game plans. I'm not sure how much Iowa or Iowa State altered their game plans after the delays or not. Looked like Iowa State was coming out doing what they had intended to do. Looked very similar to what they did early on in the game, and Iowa was Iowa. I uh, would have liked to see Iowa do more running um, out of a single back set because every time they went with a full back, Iowa State absolutely loaded the box. But every time they were out of a one back set, Iowa State was dropping eight in the pass coverage, as they often do against Big 12 teams. And I said early on in the first quarter, Nate Stanley needs to run the ball in this game. If Iowa State's going to drop eight back into pass coverage, Nate Stanley actually needs to run it. And Iowa did that a couple of times, so it was great to see and it was very effective um, but what a grinder kind of a game um, Iowa with 72 plays to 54 for Iowa State but Iowa State averaged 7.7 yards of play to Iowa's 4.3 uh, Iowa State had more big plays in this game, but Iowa had a 30, basically a 35 to 25 time of possession advantage and, and where it really mattered Iowa had zero turnovers, and they've not committed a turnover since, was it 2016 or something like that, they said, or maybe 2015 in this series. Iowa State with two. Um, you had uh, two, two fumbles lost for Iowa State. One early on in the second half that led to a field goal for Iowa, and then that fumble there at the end, which basically took away Iowa State's chance to come back and kick a field goal. And, you know, if you're going to talk about a player of the game for this game, I mean, I thought Nate Stanley played pretty well. He had threw the ball 35 times uh, as Iowa just couldn't run against Iowa State. And that's one of the best defenses Iowa's going to play all year. I remember saying that last year after Iowa played Iowa State and won 13-3. And I was right. It was one of the best defenses. This is maybe the best defense in the Big 12. Certainly a league that doesn't is not known for its great defenses right now. But Iowa State's defense is very, very good. Tyler Linderbaum acquitted himself very well against Ray Lima. A very a, a nose tackle for Iowa State who's going to play in the NFL. Linderbaum did a fantastic job. I'm looking forward to re-watching it. I can't say he was perfect, probably wasn't, but he more than held his own um, against Lima. But Lima did a ton of work in there, occupying a couple of gaps. So I mean, maybe Lima did have the edge relative to that, but Linderbaum didn't give up any gaffes. Nate Stanley um, was sacked just one time in the game, and that came from the outside. It didn't come from the inside. So that was great to see. Linder, I think Linderbaum's legit. Those first two games against Miami of Ohio and then Rutgers, he was dominant, and I wanted to see what he would do against a good defense. Um, you know, Penn State's defense may be better than Iowa State's. Wisconsin's is likely on par with Iowa State's, built a little bit differently. Um, and, and Michigan's going to have a good defense. But Iowa State's defense is right there in the mix with all of those defenses. Um, I don't think it would rank even fourth. I think it would be higher than that. But the ranking of one through four is really close because you're talking about really good. I probably put Wisconsin at four. Iowa State three, Penn State one, Michigan two, based upon what I've seen thus far. But that difference between one and three is not a lot. That was a really, really good Iowa State defense. So was Iowa perfect on offense? No. Um, was Nate Stanley perfect? No. Did he have a couple of overthrows? Yes. But, man, he made a couple of fantastic throws. Third and 22, threading the needle, a dart to Amir Smith-Marset. That, that was a pro throw. Iowa got a field goal on that drive. Um, the, the, he, he made a touch pass to Brandon Smith in the fourth quarter with a blitzer coming right in his face. It was just a beautiful touch throw. 
Um, that throw, that set up Iowa's uh, last field goal, which proved to be the game winner, that he lofted a little bit too much to Nico Regani that was nearly intercepted. Man, if he would have thrown that in the line, it was probably six. So it wasn't a perfect day, but no turnovers. Fortunately, there were a couple that should have been interceptions, but they weren't. And he was 22 of 35. Um, Iowa, let's go. Let's do the uh, receiver targets. You know I'm liking that this year. Regani with eight, seven with Smith, so that's 15. Amir Smith, Marset with five, that's 20. Uh, Tyrone Tracy with three, that's 23. So three consecutive games with 20-plus targets to wide receivers. I think you're going to see that the whole season. Um, man, I'm, I'm just trying to replay this game in my head. It's very difficult because it was, you know, choppy, as we know, with the the, the weather delays. Uh, Makai Sargent, 13 carries for 58 yards. Ivory Kelly Martin with an incredibly important run on third and short that set up Iowa's only touchdown of the game. I think it was third and two or third and three. And he got one extra yard that he needed to gain. And it was all about his footwork and his body lean to get that first down. It was a great run. It was a great run. Tyler Goodson also with a great run. An Akram Wadley little half step to the outside, burst outside. That guy is going to be really good. He's going to be their Akram Wadley. Um, Nate Stanley, um, seven attempts uh, for 11 yards. You get some sacks taken away. He had that 14-yard run. Iowa had a called keeper with him in a long draw play. It was great. Just a great play call. Iowa ground out this game. It was a grinder type of game. The field conditions were good. They were playing a great defense, a defensive setup that I was not going to see all year, a 3-3-5, almost an umbrella at times, flooding the back end. It's really hard when you got four receiving targets on a play and there's eight defenders back there. It's really difficult. Iowa was fortunate to come out of that. Without an interception, Iowa gained 313 total yards. Before I go into the statistics, let's break for a sponsor. Football season is all about competition. When it comes to tailgating, that competition isn't limited to the playing field. Start with better meat from Fairway. Hand-cut, fresh, and affordable, Fairway gives you the advantage in tailgating excellence. Get ready for kickoff with the best selection of meats and all the fixings from Fairway. And before I go into statistics, let's let's talk about Iowa State a little bit. Brock Purdy, their quarterback, when Dace and I were talking about this game on Monday, Dace said that Purdy, Iowa State's quarterback is going to remind you of someone from Hawkeye, Hawkeye hating past. And he said Dan Persick, quarterback for Northwestern. Well, I didn't like hearing that. But boy, was Dace right about that. Totally reminded you of Dan Persa. Was nimble enough with his feet, although his feet didn't do much damage in this game. Although he did have nine attempts for 34 yards. Now that I look at the statistics, although Iowa did get two sacks to take away 23 yards. Um, He was 24 of 34 for 276 yards, one score, no interceptions. At one point in time, I think it happened, was he 12 of 13? I mean, he was, you know, he's the most accurate Iowa State quarterback in history. He's a sophomore, so Iowa fans are going to see him quite a bit more the next couple of years. Just a very dangerous quarterback. Very dangerous quarterback. So hats off to them. Um, I think Iowa State, I, I don't know what their ceiling is going to be this year because of their running game. I think they're going to be limited. Um, obviously, losing David Montgomery is a huge loss. He's a generational talent at running back. Fantastic player. You know, he had a year of eligibility remaining, and if he's in this game, it's a different story. Then again, if Iowa had, you know, Imani Hooker and Anthony Nelson and uh, Hawkinson and Fant, you know, 
you take that too. Also, Iowa State was without their starting center this game. Iowa, of course, is without uh, without um, Alaric Jackson. Uh, Iowa, when Geno Stone went out late in the game, five of Iowa's top six defensive backs were out of the game. Iowa was playing with duct tape in the secondary against a team that can exploit you in the secondary and exploit Iowa they did. DJ Johnson was absolutely toast on Iowa State's first touchdown play that Petway caught on that double pass uh, that Jones threw to him. Absolutely toast. And then Tariq Milton scored on a 73-yarder that, again, Johnson probably needed to stick with his man as they were deep in his own drop. And it was over. So Iowa, Iowa had a couple of uncharacteristic big breakdown busts in the secondary. And they were playing young kids on the left-hand side. Although there was a very heady play in this game, it was the second-to-last drive uh, for Iowa State um, when Jack Corner, uh, free safety, batted that ball down on a fourth-down play. A lot of a lot of defenders would have tried to get that interception, get a nice number on the stat sheet, but he batted it down. Um, but Iowa very young back there with Corner and Johnson. And Iowa State took full advantage of that. Iowa State's game plan was fantastic, uh, and they nearly pulled it off. Um, I, I don't know that I want to sit here and say that Iowa was fortunate to win that game. They only did give up two touchdowns for the whole game. Iowa State only did run 54 plays. And that was a lot in part due to Iowa's offense running a lot of plays and chewing up clock. Iowa's defense wasn't perfect but they allowed 17 points to an Iowa State offense. It's probably going to average over 30 this year. So, yeah. A.J. Epinesa actually in this game was double and sometimes he, he, he was blocked by more than one blocker more in this game than he had been the first two, um, which makes sense because Iowa State was, you know, they were moving people around too on that offensive line. Um, Epinesa, I think he had at least one hurry, maybe two. Let me go here and pull the defensive stats up. A.J. Epinesa, one tackle, one solo, uh, and one quarterback hurry. So it wasn't his best game, but Iowa State did a fantastic job. And and I think you got to tip your cap to them. Just an amazing job. Let's take one more sponsor break here. You want to wake up and see the clock? Tired of contacts or glasses? LASIK Eye Surgery with Wolf Eye Clinic may be the life change you've been looking for. The first to perform LASIK in Iowa, more Iowans trust Wolf Eye Clinic specialists with their eyes. Call 833-532-8809 to schedule a free LASIK consultation with a Wolf Eye Clinic surgeon today. All right, let's run through some of these statistics. Um, Iowa, total yards, Iowa 313, Iowa State 418. Passing yards, Iowa 201, Iowa State 327. Rushing yards, Iowa 112, and Iowa State just 91. Both teams with four penalties. Boy, that those offsetting penalties when Iowa State had that the, the fourth down and looked like D.J. Johnson, well, he clearly passed. He was clearly interfering there. But then there was a hold and offsetting. Whew, gotta like that. Iowa was 10 of 19 on third downs. That's fantastic. Iowa State, three of nine. As I mentioned, total plays 72 to 54. Um, average yards per rush for Iowa, just three. 4.8 for Iowa State. Um, Iowa, two for two in the red zone. Iowa State, one of one. 
uh, and there's those statistics. I'm going to go and look at some third down numbers real quick. I always like to look at these. Third down, where you at? Third down average to go. Iowa's average distance to go on their 19 third down attempts was 6.4. Iowa State's average on their nine third down attempts was eight. So very good job. First down yardage for Iowa. Iowa averaged just 4.9 yards per first down. This is something Iowa has been really good at this season. 4.9 is not horrible. I mean, you get half of a first down on, on first down. It's not bad. Iowa State averaged 8.8 on first down. Uh, that's really, really good. Um, some other numbers here. Not to heck with the numbers. What a great win. What a great team win for Iowa. Player of the game. Did I not ever complete that thought earlier? Can't remember if I did. Player of the game for me, Keith Duncan. Four field goals in this game. After he hit his third, and it was uh, nine to fourteen, Iowa trailed. I said that it's going to be a reverse shaggy, and I was going to win this one, fifteen to fourteen. That reverse shaggy mention, of course, would have been the game that Iowa played there. Was it in two thousand and seven? Yeah, odd year, 2007, when uh, Iowa State's kicker, nicknamed Shaggy, Brett Culbertson, had five field goals in that game to beat Iowa 15-14. to But Duncan, 25, 40, 42, and 39, and, the, and, and three of those, or two of those rather, the 42 and 39-yarder, Duncan's last three field goals coming on a very soggy field. That was after both delays. And certainly... Um, the, the 42-yarder with 2.15 to go in the third was on chewed-up hash mark in the 39-yarder, and he was fantastic. That's your Big Ten Special Teams Player of the Week, in my opinion. Um, Michael Sleep Dalton, punter, five punts, averaging 40, averaged 47.2. Man, he is putting up some numbers now. I think his average is probably over 47 thus far in the season. He's getting up there in Reggie Roby ter- territory. Which you, I mean, heaven forbid he could break Thunderfoot's record, but I don't think that's going to happen. But that's, it's pretty darn good. So Keith Duncan will be my player of the game. But what an amazing day. Uh, and I think for the state, game day, ESPN's game day was there in Ames, and it looked phenomenal. It was a great commercial for Iowa State with their stadium in the background. I'm going to say something right now that's probably not going to be popular, and I mean it. I don't have anybody to kiss up to at Iowa State. I don't know that Iowa would be able to pull off a better game day than what Iowa State did today. Because where are you going to put ESPN's game day stage back close to the stadium? Are you going to put them in the Krause Plaza? I don't know that there's enough room there. So if you don't put it there, you're not going to put it anywhere anywhere else around the stadium because of the parking situation. Um, you're going to put it over on campus, and if you do, it's not going to be as well attended. I just, I think Iowa State pulled that off about as good as anybody around the country could. This isn't just like an Iowa-Iowa State comparison. So hats off to them. It was one of the, one of the biggest days in the history of their football program, and a bit, it'd be a big day for any football program. And they did a fan, they did a fantastic job. Can't wait to hear from people who were there, who were Iowa fans, just to see how the tenor of things were, because it seemed crazy. It seemed absolutely crazy. Did Iowa maybe dodge a little bit of a bullet? with the uh, the weather delays and some fans leaving and not coming back in, maybe taking some of the juice out of the stadium, maybe. But it sure sounded pretty raucous there at the end. Uh, both And both teams had to play. Both teams were fighting injuries in key positions. Iowa just outlasted Iowa State. 
Iowa made fewer mistakes than Iowa State. And I think that really might be it. Iowa wound up making wound up making fewer mistakes than Iowa State. Iowa State's dagger to itself there at the end with that muffed punt. I mean, how confident were you of Iowa State getting that ball at their 20-25 yard line and only needing probably to go, I don't know, 40, 45 yards in a minute and a half? I mean, yeah, no timeouts, but every first down stops the clock in college football. I wasn't too confident, but didn't have to see it. So the Hawkeyes move to 3-0. They have uh, Middle Tennessee State coming up on September the 28th. They get a much-needed buy next week. A much-needed buy to heal up. Hopefully, Alaric Jackson can be back. Uh, for the Middle Tennessee State game, a tune-up before Iowa goes to play Michigan on October the 5th. Get some members of the secondary back. Everybody else kind of get healed up from some of the some of the dings and bruises that they've got because it's football and that happens every single week. But Iowa's 3-0. And in my preseason prediction of having them 8-4, and if you remember, I went through the year, through the, through the schedule, and I put a percentage of what I thought Iowa's likelihood of victory was in each game and by the Iowa State game I had Iowa 45% I felt Iowa State was going to win the game and this week because of ESPN's game day being there and me wondering if Iowa State might not be ready for all the intangibles I I picked Iowa to win but I mean it was 18-17 and Iowa got out of there by the skin of their teeth the odds makers had it right. I think Iowa State might have actually covered uh, in this particular game. So Iowa is now plus one on my expectation through three games. This is also something that probably helps them more in the polls than you might think. In past years, I've been somewhat of a proponent for Iowa not playing this series anymore. And that had everything to do with Iowa having so much more to lose in this game than they did to gain. And I remember saying, it was back in 2017, I was talking to Chris Williams of Cyclone Fanatic. A lot of Iowa State fans got pissed off at me about this, and I get why they're pissed off about it, but I'm like, hey, if Iowa State can elevate their program to where this game isn't Basically, well, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, if you're Iowa. If you win, you were supposed to beat a bad program. And if you lose, how'd you lose to a bad program? I'm all, I was all about, hey, if Iowa State elevates their program, I'm all for this series. And then that year, of course, was the, was the triple overtime. And then last year's 13-3, Iowa State's won eight games back-to-back seasons. They're a top 25 team again this year. But the country now respects and recognizes Iowa State. Iowa State was just on ESPN game day. And this is something I didn't bring up this week. I stayed off Twitter all week. I was out of town on business. So that was a good thing. I avoided it. And I didn't really want to bring this up. Having game day at Iowa State for the Iowa-Iowa State game is one of the best things for the future of this rivalry. And it's a good thing for this year's Iowa team relative to how everybody views it. And while the AP poll doesn't factor into the college football playoff rankings, and it doesn't factor necessarily into the the Big Ten championship, we all 
prefer positive PR over negative PR. None of us really enjoyed 2015 when the country was crapping all over Iowa all the time and the the little the memes and the videos, you know, I'm not is America ready for an undefeated Iowa and all that crap. That wasn't very fun. Wasn't very fun at all. But Iowa State actually getting national respect, getting this game day bid game day coming to Ames and a lot of Iowa fans saying, well, it's only because you're playing Iowa. Man, that's that's just, I don't have time for that. Iowa State earned this. They earned this with what Matt Campbell has done with this program the last couple of years. And now this rivalry has been brought to a place that it's never been brought to before. When Iowa was winning 15 in a row, it wasn't there. Iowa State then won five in a row. The 2002 game was, you know, that was a heck of a game, and that was a good Iowa State team. But the program wasn't established necessarily. Nationally, it wasn't. And I'm not saying that Iowa State's program is established nationally now, but they've won eight games in back-to-back seasons. And they're, we were picked to finish third preseason this year in the Big 12. And ESPN game day is in Jack Trice Stadium. And the pundits and the writers, they watch that show. They say, hey, Iowa State's actually, they're a good program. And Iowa just won at Iowa State, 18-17. Number 19, Iowa beat a good program. I'm probably going to write them a little bit higher in my rankings this week. And oh, three ranked teams as I record this podcast at 9.36 p.m. on Saturday night have lost this week. So them, um, one of them or two of them ahead of Iowa. So in the beauty pageant aspect of college football, that is the AP poll, that doesn't necessarily matter in the world, although I do think it's impossible for the, the, the college football playoff committee to ignore polls and rankings. I think that they do seep into their first rankings. A win like this is now a much bigger thing than it ever was before in the history of this series. And that has everything to do with Iowa State's program being on the solid footing that it's on, which is why them getting game day was a great thing. And it wasn't because they were playing Iowa necessarily. Was there a smidge involved in that? Sure. Game day would love to come to a place that's going to be a lot of juice. It's an in-state rivalry that doesn't usually get the national shine of day. And there wasn't really anything else more compelling nationally. So the Cyhawk gets the national stage, and I'm really glad that it did. And Iowa State showed up beforehand. Their fans showed up, and they certainly are to be commended for that. And be commended for where their program is right now because the Cyhawk game, I'm glad it's being played now. I'm glad the series is being played. It's probably the most anxious I get all year watching a game and I don't get as anxious as I used to get because, you know, maybe because I'm pushing 50, but I'm glad it's going to continue and it's a lot of fun and the last three years in a row, it's been a nail-biter for both sides so that's my rambling for tonight. As always, thanks for listening. Dace and I will talk about things on Sunday night and have this podcast out by Monday. We'll talk to you soon. 
Football season is all about competition. When it comes to tailgating, that competition isn't limited to the playing field. Start with better meat from Fairway. Hand cut, fresh, and affordable. Fairway gives you the advantage in tailgating excellence. Get ready for kickoff with the best selection of meats and all the fixings from Fairway. 